me some with balls on my ex. I'm getting money, I ain't respond to your text. I can never let a bitch see me sweat. Fuck a look like bitch, you know I'm blessed. And I'm still getting money, ain't no changing. When you block me, I take that as entertainment. When I turn up, I know that's gonna make you angry. And my bad, so I'm feeling kinda dangerous. I'm so glad I got my own. Still getting money with the team. All right. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't cuss for the people listening. Right. The first thing I say is, God damn it. <laughs> I should it's, probably it's, go ahead and get them out. It's not G-O-D. It's G-O-T. It's G-O-T. For all the, the God-fearing people out there. Right, right, right. Fuck. Motherfucker. <laughs> Super religious people. You can't cuss. Motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> to be technical, the, the verse is don't let... Our words come out of your mouth unless you're edifying. So, I mean, as long as your curse words are edifying, like, get your motherfucking shit together. That's edification, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's like seasoning for food to me. Yeah, that's the only way I can show my emotion is through cussing. Exactly. The same way I do in my literature. Like, who are you to make me? (laughs) 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 Who are you? You don't know me. <laughs> but anyway, man. Uh, who are you? Who are you? Tell them who you are. I'm the greatest man since Ali. Actually, that's who I am. The people out there wondering. I'm the greatest since Ali. <laughs> Chop by T. But I want to get right into it, too, though. Let's go, Demo. How y'all feeling today, bro? Alive. Blessed. Yeah, uh, if we look low energy for the people out here watching, it's because we just heard some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Just another case of a black man getting caught up in the system, and hopefully we can put that out to the people, and, you know, we can make a change with that. Something can happen from that. Hopefully we can help that man life. Yes, yes. You know yeah, stay tuned for that for sure. Be ready to share. Share, 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 DM, 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 all of that. Tag, all of that. It's up to it's really up to the people to put light on his case, you know. Yeah. And you know, something that he didn't get into that we'll probably get into eventually is that it was a lot of people that was involved with that that they did that to further their careers, pretty much. I think the DA on the case ended up being a judge or some shit it's like that. Very mm-hmm. political. Special agents that are now in jail. But a lot of those people did that to further their career. But like I said, y'all get a chance to hear what we talking about, and it'll make sense later on. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I want to jump right into it. I want to talk about group economics today, you know. And I want to define group economics to the people who don't know actually what it means. I think the name is self-explanatory, I would say. But just going into it, I want to explain what group economics is. It's just a group of people getting together with the same economic or financial interests. It's just that simple. Yeah. All right. Tribe well. Tribe well. Shameless plug. Right. Where can they find it at? Where can they find it at? Uh, Really, we don't want them to find it right now. I'll be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because uh, we're not taking members and everything right now. But if you want to follow our IG, there's nothing on it. It's a Tribe Wealth, uh, Tribe Wealth Investment Club. It's just an investment club. It's just us. So, it really, you know, uh, I don't really want them to find it right now, I guess. It's okay. something personal to me. Yeah. That I love that we doing, but you can create your own tribe wealth. Exactly. You know, uh, and group economics, that's what we want to talk about. Um, do I look stupid with these headphones on? 
No, bro. I don't look dumb. No. I'm self conscious <laughs> about myself with headphones on. Like same same way with hats and shit. Listen, after the month we had uh-huh. with the wireless mics, right? We trying to do everything it takes to make sure this product <laughs> is the best possible. So no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's all about me. I got to look handsome on it. I can't be out here fucking around. But anyway, group economics, right? So, uh, it's pretty much already defined it. But something that I want to give out here, and I, I really want to like like break this down real quick to y'all. Something I want to put out here uh, to the people. How simple group economics can be. And I don't know why we make it so hard. And I got a question for y'all after I explain it. Because um, I'm what they would call organizer, I guess. So... Group economics. It's myself, Demo, and Roscoe all coming together with the same economic or financial interests, right? How does that look? First, we would need to establish a hierarchy, correct? Or a structure or leadership. Let's say Demo's the president, Roscoe the vice president, and I'm the secretary, right? That's first thing first. After that, you establish a, a set of laws or principles or rules or whatever, right? And then moving forward from that, oh, you got to establish responsibilities by name and title. So you got to establish that as, as well. Mm-hmm. So moving forward from that, you need income. You need money. You need a way to make money. I would say do something legal, of course. You don't right, want to be right, out here right, fucking right. around, you know, like risking your freedom and everything. Nothing they're going to send you to jail. Exactly. So moving forward. I would say do something like get you a job. All three of us get a job. Let's say all three of us making on average about eight hundred dollars a piece. Well, let's make it a thousand for the sake of old numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna sit up here and do a lot of math, but we all getting a thousand dollars a piece a week, right? A thousand dollars a piece a week, and we dedicate ten percent of that thousand dollars a week, ten percent towards a account, right? Mm-hmm. And when I say account, I mean bank account, of course. Right. Take that ten percent, and we dedicate that ten percent towards a bank account. Um, and that would be $100 a piece. So that's $300 a week, $1,200 a month. Uh, in 10 months' time, that'll be about $12,000, right? In 10 months' time, that'll be about $12,000, and plus the other two 12s for the additional months. But let's just say $12,000 again for the sake of just easy math or whatever. So in a year's time, we can have $12,000 plus, right? Mm-hmm. During that year, you may ask what we doing or what, what would that look like for us. So every week, when we going in to pay our dues, we would either get on the phone with each other or we would have a meeting mm-hmm. to discuss plans, uh, to discuss uh, uh, what what we deciding to do, whether we're going to invest in real estate, where we're going to invest in the stock market, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll be learning. We'll be trading information with each other every week. That's what our meetings are consist of. And even throughout the week, you can get a group message together and y'all can exchange information within that group message. About everything that's going on in the stock market and everything. Just keeping each other hip on what's going on in the world. Absolutely. Right? So let's say we decide to do stock, right? And I want to, and this, I promise I'm I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. But let's say we decide to do stock. How would that look for us? Well, each week, or if we wanted to wait until we got, you know, the year's worth of money. But let's just say we did it on a week-by-week week basis. So we dedicating 10% of our income to the to the stock market. So within that 10%, we would say within the stock market, here's 50%, and we're going to put it to us an ETF. Mm-hmm. A pa- a ETF is pretty much a passive investment. So we're going to put it to us an ETF, right? Mm-hmm. And then 
we'll take fifty percent of that of that the money that we have and put towards that. So that'll be about one fifty a week towards ETF. And that, or let's let's even go a little step further. Let's say about sixty percent. Well, no, for the sake of math, let's say fifty percent, one hundred and fifty dollars, right? And then at the other hundred and fifty dollars, we would take that and we may uh, invest into some uh, disruptive companies or some growth stock or something like that. Something like a Tesla. That's real disruptive. We would invest into that, or maybe we would go uh, like an Apple, something that's safe, something that we know. It's been growing. You get dividends from you get dividends from them, and what you you also get dividends from the ETFs, right? Mm-hmm. And what would you do with the dividends? Uh, invest back into dividend uh-huh. reinvestment yeah. or drip, mm-hmm. right? So, pretty much, we would do that with our portfolio, and that's how we would do it. It's just that simple. We don't have to. It don't have to be nothing crazy. There's nothing too difficult with it. And if you take the information and learn it as you go, and y'all share the information, you'll know it anyway. Especially, and I want to talk to, you know, the young people that's in college and stuff. Like, I wish I would have did this. You used to get them refund checks. Yeah. Don't blow your refund checks, man. Put it, you know, find something you want to invest in. Learn about it. Learn everything about the company and, and put your money into it. I wish I would have did this. There's no telling how much money I would have had by now. Yeah, Absolutely. And, Scope, I just want to, because you just made me think about something just now. Um because and T, you can answer this afterwards. Um, everybody might not be into. What about the people who may not necessarily be into the stock market? Mm-hmm. What are some other things that you can use that refund check on besides blowing it on shoes or the latest drop on Jordans or even rent, which is important, but at the same time, it's not going to set you up for the future. Uh, I would encourage people to look in stuff like uh, look into stuff like tax liens, uh, tax deeds, stuff like that. You know, sometimes you can come up off stuff like that. Yeah, and just to even go a little further, what a tax lien is, you know, a person got a lien on the, on a house or whatever, and you can go in and you can pay that money and, you know, essentially you can get the house. But I, even a little step further, like if you got that and you want to get into real estate, if it's so many ways in real estate you can go, right? Mm-hmm. You can do wholesaling, which is flipping contracts. You can. You ain't gotta have no money to do wholesale. You even gotta have no money to do that, and and we I would say have a little money for yeah. the sake of a uh, a uh, uh, marketing. Mm-hmm. Whether you sending letters or uh, putting up like a little the little postings where we we buy houses type of thing, mm-hmm. like, or you could just start your business. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can get product. Product is king. We say that all the time in try well. Can't start a candle business. People love candles. Yeah. <laughs> find you a demographic. Find center your within your marketing when you do your market. Find your audience. That can be a group of 10, 12 people. You know, find them, figure out what they like. And more than likely their friends gonna end up liking the same things that they like. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna share it for you. They'll do that for you. There's so many levels to this in a way to do it or whatever, especially when you're doing it with several people. Yeah. It's easy that way. We just I don't know why it's so hard for us as, you know, black people to come together and do things, but it's much easier when we do. And that's what I wanted to actually get into next, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or not next, but I, I want, that was my question that I was leading up to. Now, before I even ask this question, I want to be fair to the black people. It's, I won't say it's all black people. That's not true. Well, people, period. Like uh, but, but black people a lot, mm-hmm. too, because we pin each other. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put too much on the black people. Right, though. We've right. been through a lot. We can't beat them up. We see that so much, right? Right. So we don't want to beat the black people up too much, but they do be bullshitting. <laughs> I mean, it's just just honestly, they they play around a lot. But what the question that I want to ask is this: 
why can't something as easy as I just explained, why can't we as men, because I can only speak for the man right now, why can't we as men, specifically black men, come together and do that? Ego, uh, just trust issues. You know, most of us grow up not trusting another black man. Because we have one in we our lives. We have one in our lives. So that's what a lot of it comes from. But most of it's ego driven. You know, we always got to feel like we got to be on each other's neck for some reason. Maybe, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, not enough Indians. Oh, Too yeah. many chiefs, not yeah. enough Indians. Yeah. Everybody want to be the man. I think, um, Roscoe, you've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the black family in general, mm-hmm. um, hustling backwards. Yeah. You know? And us seeing something, and you can go into it uh, more so than I can because I don't want to butcher the way you said it and mm-hmm. everything like that. But beyond the pride and everything, and also I think we talked about all this before, you know, not being able to say no, a woman getting involved to you. You talked about that with, um, you know, the, the Bloods and the Crips and reading about, you know, I don't want to fuck up their history either. I know we talked about that. But the Bloods and the Crips, you know, uh, essentially coming against each other or whoever it was over a woman. You know, in the mm-hmm. power of not being able to say no. So all those things culminating into being in a larger I, umbrella. I, I would say this, and I'll use myself as an example since you said that about women. Stop overcompensating for people. You know, when it comes to your well-being and your, you know, financial being. Like, don't be out here trying to impress your woman, buying her this and buying her that, knowing that, you know, you need to further yourself financially to get yourself straight for the future. You're blowing all your money on your woman. Look up, she leave you in a couple of years, you still stuck in the same spot you were. Yeah, live within your means, basically. What you yeah. Say. Yep. Yeah. And it wasn't the Bloods and the Crips, it was the sixties and the trade nines, by the way. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Please. <laughs> well, I don't I don't really know. Have myself, mercy. Actually. Yeah. I don't really know myself. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. So But the the uh you're right though, live as a minimalist. Mm-hmm. I used to always say that if I can give any financial advice to uh, you know, a young person starting up is uh, and going back to what you asked, Demo, with the uh, somebody getting that refund check, what should they do with it? I think you should further invest into to your own education. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't – I'm not talking about school because you're there already, and that's why you're getting the check to invest into your your education. But, I mean, outside of school, the thing that, things that they're not going to teach you, like uh, how to build your credit up, buying books about that, how to, uh, you know, even establish credit, how to um, – Maybe how to invest in real estate, how to start a business, what all you need, what tools you need to start a business, you know, or just learning financial literacy as a whole. So I would say that for sure, <laughs> you know, that's what else you can do with that money further, invest into your own education. Right. You know, especially go back to what you're saying, uh, learning financial literacy, because we, we don't grow up learning about that. Yeah, we grew up you surviving. Know, I, I grew up knowing, knowing that I had to go to work. And provide for my family. You know what I'm saying? But we wasn't taught how to make money work. Yeah. How know? to make our dollars work for yeah, us. Yeah. Exactly. Because you don't have to have a lot of money to do that. I'm glad you said that. Do you have to have a million dollars to give financial advice like this? Like, because I feel like a lot of people are in there. And we talked about it with the, you know, young people not listening. I feel like a lot of us, I'll use myself as an example too, um, are in that wait and see mode or what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Um, so we like, well, why would I listen? Kanye said it. Why would I listen to somebody less successful than me? So 
do you have to have a million dollars or have a certain amount of income to be able to give this advice and give this free game out? Because that's what it is. It's free game. I got a two-year-old son. <laughs> you learn like, shit from him, though. I got a two-year-old son, son Demo. I got a two-year-old son who I learn stuff from every day. We had a whole thing about it the last podcast of what he taught me. So shame on the person who thinks that they got to learn from the people who already got it because this is the reality. That's not your story. Mm-hmm. What we don't understand is to reach that amount of success that we see those people having, it takes a, 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 a portion of luck, actually. Just right time, right place, and being prepared. So you got to be in the right time, right place, and you have to be prepared. That's luck to me, mm-hmm. you know. So that's something that we don't uh, push to these young people when they trying to, uh, when they looking at those people. We can't replicate Jay Z's story. No. We have to gr- have grown up in the Marcy Projects in that time, doing X, Y, and Z, and uh, meet Dame Dash at that time. It, it's not gonna happen. And it's not you have to be step overnight. by step on that path. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's not going to happen overnight. I know everybody, you know, social media seem like, make it seem like everybody good, everybody straight. Like, it's not going to happen overnight at yeah. all. You got to you gotta be be prepared for the long grind, like we always say. Yeah, the marathon, you know. I'm, listen, I am doing very, very well for myself. I'm doing better than what I thought I would have ever done mm-hmm. as a kid. Well, I, I always knew I was going to be something. I always knew I was going to be, like, having mm-hmm. but i'm doing like better than what i would ever thought you know but that's another thing you know that i, I actually want to talk about is um i'm my own biggest critic i'm my own biggest enemy when it comes to you know i guess uh, uh judging myself mm-hmm. like i'm pushing myself so hard i'm doing really well better than Better than my mom ever did. Better than my father ever did. You know, I got better. I took the torch and I kept running with mm-hmm. it and made it made that flame bigger, right? Mm-hmm. But this is my reality as well, though. Like when you coming from where we come from, and you start, it's like opening that third eye up, and you really start to get the full perspective of everything. And you like, oh, they don't know. And by they, you mean your people, the people, not necessarily black people. We black, so we would say black people, but the people back at home in the country or back home, wherever in the city who just don't understand. And it hits you and you like, wow, wait a second. I got the information. I got all of this now. I could teach them. I'm at that state where I can teach. But we said it last podcast, they've been conditioned and trained so long to a point to where they used to doing what they do. So I'm having to make them unlearn that yeah. and then teach them as well. Now, granted, if I had a big sum of money, I could change all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I struggle with every day. That's what I mean when I say I'm my biggest critic. I struggle uh, every day with you got it, you having it. I'm doing really well. Like I'm in the uh, – I don't know if y'all look at these little articles or whatever, but it um, what percentage you in based on your age. Mm-hmm. I'm here to let people know I'm in a – like one percent as far as my age in regards to, you know, the money and what I'm worth, so on and so forth. I'm in a one percent, but I am in a one percent, which means I'm doing good for myself. But I, the human beings naturally want to help them help others. That's what we want to do. We want to teach. We want to help. Want to serve. Want to serve. I'm not in a position right now to where I can uh, help my other people, and that tortures me every day. 
they can, it give you like the uh, what they call it the survivors of remorse, survivors mm-hmm. guilt, survivors, survivors guilt. guilt. Yeah. yeah, shout out K Dot, survivors guilt. Real talk. Grew up seeking violence, but then I got the knowledge. What's good? This is the What's the Knowledge segment of the podcast, where, like the name says, I give you knowledge. And today I want to give some game on um, uh, something that I read in a book. Uh, the book is called. 48 Laws of Power, right? Now, I'll be honest with you. If I had to rank the 48 Laws of Power of importance to me, uh, it's probably like further on as far as the books that I like myself. Uh, Just because I don't agree with probably about 80% of it, but there is some gems in the 48 Laws of Power. So if you get time, I encourage you to read it. Uh, The law that struck me the most is uh, Law 10. Law 10 states that you should avoid infectious people at all costs. Now, what does that look like? Avoiding infectious people, uh, I guess you can do it in a lot of different ways, right? You can choose to avoid an infectious person through just uh, maybe giving yourself time or some space between you and them. Maybe not answering the phone, maybe giving yourself time to just breathe. And before I even go into how to avoid as well, I want to say this. What I want to define an infectious person and what it looks like. So, most infectious people are very negative, right? Most of them bring you down when you talk to them. It's just like they pull the energy from you. And uh, that person may have fallen on bad luck in life. And a lot of the times that stuff will affect you as well. Now, I want to give both sides to the story going into it. So I want to give you as the person that's not infected, receiving that infection. I want to give that side to it first. You got to avoid those people. You got to limit yourself to one. If you love that person, because this is the reality, that person could be your mother. It could be your brother, your sister. It could be a number of people, right? People that you love and you don't want to just cut them off, but you got to feed them with what people always say, feed them with a long handle spoon. Keep them as far as away from, away from you as you can in order to not let that infection rub off on you, that negativity and that end up bringing you down and affecting your life, right? So that's what that looks like. And in all honesty, if it's somebody that doesn't really mean that much to you, cut them off. I encourage you to do it uh, because you are you're first. Your life is more important than 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 you know having to appease someone else, right? But I want to give it to the side from the infectious person as well. So if you're an infectious person, you have to ident- be able to identify that within yourself. And it goes back to the what's the knowledge segment from last week, which is a self-evaluation. So as an infectious person, you evaluate yourself, you look into yourself and you say, I'm a person who brings people down. Energy goes down when I go in a room. You have to be able to identify that within yourself. And the moment that you choose to do that or the moment that you do that, you realize that I am an infectious person and I don't want to bring people down anymore. You can do certain things to eliminate that in your life. Uh, just trying to be positive Trying to uh, Just do better for yourself Whatever you gotta do To get rid of that negativity Because I promise you I promise you I promise you It'll make a better life For yourself And the people around you This is the What's the Night Segment of the podcast Thank you Until next time You know, Sko. Shit. Look at what you living through right now. You know what I mean? Like, 
and what you got going on. Like, you work hard. Yeah. Got to go to work after this podcast. You know what I mean? So you putting in the work right now. Speak to that, bro, what people don't see. You know what I mean? Like, as far as what you're saying, it's like just me having to, like, work in the third shift and stand up all night, getting off work, you know, halfway falling asleep, driving home. Like, uh, I just want to, you know, put myself in a better situation so, you know, I can help myself and everybody around me. I don't want to be doing that for the rest of my life. Working for another person, building that company, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's rough. And the only way I'm going to get to that is through group economics with my with my boys. And you in the worst position. You know why? You don't even know, do you? Mm-mm. You in the worst position because you got the knowledge. Yeah. You know better now. Yeah. So you know every hour that you're spending right now, what the hour is truly worth yeah. versus what they're giving you. Now, that's torture right there. <laughs> it is. They give, they give you just enough money to keep coming back to that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, but you know because you educated now. Mm-hmm. You got the game. You know how this work. You know how companies work. I know you know because we study these companies yeah. together. Yeah. So you know how that shit works. So now I'm just trying to use the job to get where I'm trying to get. And that's what, you, that's what people got to learn. Don't let the job use you. You use the job. And put yourself in a better position. Absolutely. It just goes back to that example that I gave. You take a percentage of your money and then, you know, put it towards your investment. Essentially, that's what you're doing right now. And make mistakes that you can bounce back from. Don't go out here making a bunch of babies and stuff like that because that's how you get yourself in that hole, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Felt like that was a, a shot. Like, was that a, was a, that a shot? Dude, a lot of, you know, a lot of men out here. That's yeah, what brother, I'm gonna tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come here to be attacked. You got one child. I'll tell you I'm, that right I'm now. I'm talking to that brother that got four and five kids out there. You know, now you're forced to work and hustle. You know, they know who I'm talking to. Man. So that's a couple homeboys, a couple cousins. You know what I'm saying? Like, they know exactly who I'm talking to. Like, they know it's rough, and they'll come tell you on this show that. It's hard for them, you know. They got four and five kids. They got they can't go they can't go a day without making a dollar. So they doing whatever they got to do to make that dollar. Yeah. Sick, rain, sleet, snow. It's not a life to live, bro. It's not. It's not. And just even going back to what you said, you know, it kind of tie into that whole concept of just doing too much, living for for um the moment, living for the moment, living for the approval or the appeasement of other people. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yep. It's crazy. Like, like they say on social media, what do we do? Like we said on social media, it looked like everybody made it overnight. Guarantee you they didn't. Mm-mm. It's only a couple motherfuckers who done done that. Was, uh, the lottery people, all of them, <laughs> even the one-hit wonders didn't. Well, even the lottery people didn't because they worked a job to get that ticket. And probably been buying tickets forever. And been buying tickets forever. <laughs> Can I tell our secret? About how many episodes we've done so far? How many we've really done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Give it to them. Yeah. Let them know. So, I mean, we... This is episode two to y'all, to the people listening and watching, but this is episode like six or seven for us. Yeah. yeah. Just because, like, and of course we can chop it up. I can chop it up and throw it on the internet and make it look like this is only episode two. But we know behind the scenes what really went into it. So I feel like that's just, you know, a practical example of what what you're talking about with people thinking that just because you you got a million dollars, it happened overnight. People like, 
had this false perception, and now they want to chase after that instead of, like y'all said, realizing that it's a marathon, not a sprint. It is, and it take work. Just like you was just saying, like it take work. We up, <laughs> we perfect. Everybody was what it? like well, the first one. They was uh, y'all look so natural. Yeah, we yeah. got practice. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> oh <practice>. god, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> frustrated nights. Yeah. He's frustrated <laughs> right before this. That's another reason why the energy is low. Like shit. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm always happy to be here because anytime I get a chance to talk with my brothers, it's always therapeutic. Anyway, you know. I get a chance to, you know, do the whole therapy thing and all that. But it's nothing like this interaction with people who are living in it with you and going through the same struggle. It's nothing like that, bro. And that's why I don't get, like, what we was talking about earlier, why people, uh, why they had a whole concept of, like, division amongst group economics. We're all going through the same struggle. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. How does that uh, explain that? Well, basically, we all going through the same struggle. We all living in it together. We on Essentially, we on the same team. But it's ridiculous for you to approach that whole concept with the idea that that we're not that mm-hmm. you on a different team somehow. Why? <laughs> yeah. Like, why? What makes you uh, different from the next? We all going through the same struggle, and if we pull ourselves, our minds, and our resources together, then we can create something that will grant everybody's wishes. And that's essentially what the core group economics is. Right? Yeah, a lot of people just want to. What they say, uh, shit on the next person. Yeah, and y'all know me. Mm-hmm. Y'all know me, bro. Y'all know how I think. I know how y'all think. It's been troublesome, bro. Like, throughout my life from day one. See, Skull, you done known me no more than, longer than Demo has. Mm-hmm. So it's been trouble. It's been like, bro, let down after let down my whole life of just trying to get me and my brothers together, me and my guys together. And make this work. So many failed businesses. And I'm going to say fail because we didn't make money from them. Right. They, was a, they were a lesson. For sure. It was a lesson. But so many failed businesses. You know. So many messed up situations that, in all honesty, in some cases, ended friendships. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like, I don't come into this with ego. Not this. There's a lot of things I lead with ego with. You lead ego for like pick up basketball games. Right. Like competitive stuff. Yeah, like but I don't lead with ego in this. Like, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't because this and by this I mean making money together, mm-hmm. this could change everything for us. Y'all looked at what's the little app or the little meme or whatever it is that was not app. It was a meme that was going around with people uh saying a, a wealth gap between black and white people. Mm. It's like black people like 17,000 versus white people is like 177,000. Mm. Like that's when I see stuff like this stuff that I've been knowing for years yeah. that I've been talking about for years since I'm talking not even 20s. I'm talking I was talking about this early t- pre I was talking about this pre-teens. That racial wave uh, wealth gap. I knew that already. So imagine me coming talking to a brother with that knowledge, armed with that information, that knowledge, and I'm trying to speak to him to, like, group economics and growing our money and getting together. But he treating me like I don't know what I'm talking about. Like you lesser than. (laughs) You know, and listen, to the people out there who want to shit on people, I completely understand. Because when people do that to me, it make me want to shit on them. But I never leave my brother. Yeah, you can't. You know. I feel like it's our duty to, like, 
uplift each other and bring each other up, you know. Brothers and sisters, you know, I don't want, I don't want the sisters to feel like they being left sure. out, you know what I'm saying, because we always talk from a man perspective, Queen. but, you know, they the backbone of us, you know. So, definitely got to include them, but we just got to come together. And one thing I wanted to mention, like, us as, us as black people, we put our money in so much, so many things, and I be wondering, like, why we ain't worried, you know, the white people yet. Yeah. I was reading something, and I, uh, don't quote me, but I seen it was like, Black people invested like $4 billion into the church. church. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And ain't nothing wrong with that. You know what right. I'm saying? I don't want people, you know, ain't nothing wrong with it. But it's like, why aren't we ahead? Like, we investing into these churches, and most of them investing into white banks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the average man or, or average man or average black man or average black woman can't even go in there and get a loan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, Feel like we just need to put our priorities in the right place. And I'm going to tell you, because I know you don't want to say it, mm-hmm. I'm going to say there is something wrong with that. Because <laughs> you said wasn't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, they need to know. Mm-hmm. They need to know that it is something wrong with that. And the people who's receiving that money and getting that money in them churches, mm-hmm. you need to put that money towards the right thing, yeah. towards investments that's going to uh, create compound interest, that's going to be able to help those people in your congregation pay their light bill and pay their water bill and pay their rent whenever they need to or send their children off to college. Mm-hmm. It is something wrong. Yep, it is. And I, I know some churches are doing it, but all churches need to be doing it. You know, there's no reason that that, that generation, generational wealth gap is that large, you know, and we didn't put $4 billion into the church. Like that, that always be on my mind. I think it ultimately used to be like that. And I think we can all think of times, mm-hmm. you know, for example, like Black Wall Street, you know, yeah, uh, black in the, I said black in the day, back in the day, mm-hmm. different things like that. But of course, over time, you know, when those things were stripped, when you know, essentially white people, I hate to call out, call out people, but mm-hmm. those people know who they are. We know who those people are. White supremacists. White so white supremacists, to be more specific. Thank you, T. Uh, when those people came in and destroyed what we built, right. you know. Right. This is what we were left with. And uh, we talked about this before, how they use religion to control us and different things like that. And when we finally came up and were able to establish things for ourselves, like Black Wall Street, and being able to use the church as a business mm-hmm. that was able to be reinvested into the community, you know, this is what happened. So I hate to say it's white folks' fault, but, you know, they kind of set us back when it came to that. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. I... I I need I need to stop saying white people mm-hmm. and say white supremacists, mm-hmm. people who would rather see black people down here and them up here. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Let, let's break that down though, real quick. <laughs> let's do it. Let's get let's factual. Let's, 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 let's shake the Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let, let's let's break shake that down. the table. Let's yeah. do it. Let's break that down to a couple different levels, right? Because it's a lot. Of, it's it's a lot of layers with that. It's a lot, obviously. Yeah. So did they set us back? White supremacists. They being white supremacists for sure, one hundred percent. But, see, there's this thing with black people. I'm black, and I'm blackity black, black, black. <laughs> I'm so black. I'm going to tell you, you want to know how black I am, Demo? I'm so black that when the movie Friday came out and people used to quote Friday and all of that, when we was younger, I hated it. I remember it. I remember like yesterday we were sitting at the lunch table. And uh, I think I mentioned it to you. Then I was like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I said something about watching Friday. And he was like, 
I don't watch that shit. That shit just got black people looking silly. And I'm looking, I'm like, nigga, everybody love Friday. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't understand where he was coming from at that time. I was a kid. Listen, I was born in 92. You can check when Friday was, when Friday came out. I was born in 92. Right? So, you know, after watching, and don't get me wrong, I can appreciate Friday. Why? Because that was the startup for a lot of, uh, black people careers right, and everything right. And it, it shined light on a lot of uh, important actors And everything that we have today So this ain't me bashing Friday mm-hmm. But it's somewhat coonish Same with good times mm-hmm. My mama used to say uh, That ain't the way projects look Like You know with Bill Cosby and his family on the Cosby show My mama used to say nah, That ain't the way middle class black families live You know what I mean mm-hmm. It's just, It was a poor representation of us But before I get too far off Like I was saying It's layers right Mm-hmm is layers to this. You know, we as black people can't continue to have that victim mentality. Of course. Of, yep. it's, it's the white person's fault. Right? Because it is the white supremacist's fault. And you can look at this, you could look this up as well, Demo. I want you to look it up. When we were released from slavery, uh, and you you know, let me know if you can find it. Uh when uh what is it, Emancipation Proclamation or whatever whatever. When we were, when we weren't in slavery anymore, back whenever uh, black people over the course of, I think, 10 years had accumulated uh, several million dollars, which would equate to a couple billion dollars, mm-hmm. right? And, and forgive me now, I'm probably slaughtering that because I'm only regurgitating information that I've I've read right. and I've read so much. Mm-hmm. So forgive me if I'm messing that up, but I do know that it somewhere in that it's, it's truth, right? Mm-hmm. We accumulated so many millions of dollars, and which would be the equivalent to billions of dollars in today's, to, through today's standard. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the the uh, white people ended up coming in and somehow fucking us over with that money, and I think it's Freeman Bank uh, was was that involved in that in some type of way, and you can look that up, Demo. But I want to just continue, and you we can come back to that. But I want to continue to make my point, right? Uh-huh. Um, the point I'm trying to make with this and with what Demo said is, uh, it's a lot of layers to it. We got to take some accountability yes. on our end, one hundred percent. Yes. We have to take accountability on our end and say that, yeah, we are mishandling money that's going funneling into these churches. We are mishandling money that's um uh going into whatever little group organizations that we have, we're not using it the right way. It's simple as just going we have Google now. We have the internet mm-hmm. which gives us access to so much information now. It's not hidden anymore. Mm-hmm. You can just go look it up if you search hard enough and in the right places. Go look that up. Go look it up. Go find it. Educate yourself. And if you're in a position to do something with that money, do it so you can help these people. You know? That's a fact. Yeah. And I, I think, think I'll go ahead, Scott. I, I think about you go back to you know what you said, we waste money in like little other organizations. Mm. Like we both in a frat. All three of us. What's up, man? What's up, man? You hate me. I ain't your brother, man. (laughs) Same frat at that. (laughs) Right. Where where did Five Beta Sigma put y'all financially? Back. Yeah. I I, I actually took out a loan to pledge. Check out this. I paid twice. The first time we came through, right? So technically I'm on the same, I'm on the same, like, I'm the same sands as you. Yeah, yeah. The first time we came through in 2013, I, my president at the time robbed us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the story. And we wasn't even, like, considered as uh, 
like nationally known. Like we was basically uh what they call it? Renegade. Renegade. Mm-hmm. Robbed us. Then the regional director came down, he had to fix everything. And we had to pay twice. Crazy. You know Crazy. what I'm saying? Like I just threw money into this organization that has never done nothing for me. And I don't care what nobody say. Yeah. You could come try to talk to me, oh brother, this, this, this. No, I ain't trying to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Sigma ain't did nothing for me, and I gave, I gave them folks almost $2,000. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> That's why you don't see me with nothing on or throwing it up no more. It did nothing for me. Yeah. yeah. Demo, did you ever find that fact about the uh, the stuff with the Freeman Bank and all of that? Because I want to make sure that people get that. They need to hear that. That's something that I read, and I was just taking it back from there. I'm still reading through it ah, okay. without without – Interrupting the conversation. Okay, cool. Yeah. But what I want to say is, uh, even if we don't get a chance to find that, is um, yeah, I look into that. You know, look into that. It's in. Uh, you can find it in. Um, uh, what's the comedian? The comedian that uh, wrote all the books, um, Gregory uh, Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory. You can find it in his book where he discusses it. Uh, you can find it in a couple different books where they where they talk about uh, their story and how they came about or whatever. But yeah, man, like. Yeah, I think we do all of this, this financial stuff, for a bunch of different reasons, and like one of which that we talked about earlier was the one with with women. You know, it's the reason why you want to, you know, you want to do it to impress the women or whatever, and all of that, and not realizing that what what I think or what I could say a woman a woman will respect most is somebody who got their stuff together financially, mm-hmm. not the person who recklessly posting their money and doing all exactly. of that. You know. I don't think women see true security when they see that. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's same thing as a piece of jewelry. It's just flashy. Mm-hmm. It's just flashy. You like it. You want to touch it. You want to pick it up, maybe wear it a little bit. Then after a month I have it, and it's like, ah. Don't buy my bitch. You know, and that's why we talk about, we always talk about this, the importance of financial literacy, even when you're in a relationship with another person. Mm-hmm. The importance of that in a relationship. A lot of people, you got to watch who you get in a relationship with because, a lot of people just don't value money. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's something simple as just eating out every day. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just, you lose money that way, you know. I looked up one time, bro, I spent like $300 in a month on fast food. Crazy. You'll get in there. In one month. Yeah. Yeah, you'll get there. I had to tighten up. I had to gain some discipline. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Man, you know something we was talking about earlier uh, this week or maybe a couple weeks ago, uh, it was in regards to just uh, relationships because uh, it's making me think about it because we, you know, we're talking about financial literacy right now within a relationship, but it made me think about it um, just now is accepting I don't know, mm. right? Accepting I don't know as a real answer. And some people may not know exactly what that means mean? because we all live in that. We live in that. The accepting I don't know as a uh, as a actual answer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your woman just don't know. I give you an example, right? Or your person, your partner, whoever they mm-hmm. just don't know. I give you an example. Something that uh, me and Tyra used to always struggle with is me asking her questions because I'm a part. Y'all know me. I I, re- I get information and I suck it in and I. I just I'm always learning. My mind always working in different ways and all of that, right? So I be spitting stuff out at her, just trying to talk, just trying to you know 
get get an understanding. And I'm mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. And she would just look at me sometime and be like, I don't know. <laughs> and that would infer- that would make me so upset. Tanisha does the same thing to me, and I get so <laughs> mad because I just want to talk. I just want to have that conversation. I'm like, it make it make you feel like they're being dismissive towards you. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. exactly. And, but exactly. they really don't be knowing. They, they don't really know. Don't yeah. know, bro. Or they don't have nothing to add to that. Don't you know? I just figured that out probably like a couple months ago. Like, oh wait, shit. She really don't <laughs> she know. Really don't know. She really has no clue. <laughs> and this whole time, I've been allowing this to frustrate me to a point that sometimes I'm like, man. I don't even want to deal with this person no more. But yeah, just being able to accept I don't know as an answer. Like I don't know as a legitimate answer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not getting frustrated. I know I used to get frustrated with my girl. I'm like, ain't nothing in your head. Like you don't you don't know nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. just messing up the whole, you know, little dynamic. But sometimes yeah. people really just don't be known. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you talked about that demo, like, with you and your girl. Like, is that something that just caused an argument? How do y'all end it? Like, nah, Tanisha's weird, man. She yeah. don't, she's not a confrontational person. Yeah. I tell her all the time. I, I, I don't even know what you're thinking half of the time. Yeah. But, yeah, it just comes from a father and stuff like that. You know, they don't really talk. They don't have that relationship, um, being able to just express themselves. So, a lot of the times she'd be like, well, I just don't know what to say. And yeah. I, I think the one time we did get heated, she didn't really get heated. I got heated, you know, because yeah. I'm that type of person. Uh, um, I felt like I wasn't getting enough from her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about this, you know, because I told you about the one time when I was offended or whatever. You know, just sometimes you overthink it mm-hmm. and it starts to manifest itself. And I started to get frustrated to the point where I started bringing up shit that didn't have anything to do with her. Yeah. She just kind of stood there and looked at me. Yeah. In that moment, that made me even more mad because I'm like, why the fuck are you not arguing back or yeah. saying anything back? But at the same time, she didn't know what to say. So yeah. back to your point, sometimes you just don't know. Yeah, yeah, and we got to learn to accept that. Uh, that being, I don't know, is a legitimate answer. Like sometimes they just don't know. And what you got to do, the, the solution to that is, okay, you sit back and then you observe the situation and see if, you can uh, actually get to a change that I don't know into uh, I do know, mm-hmm. and you figure out your, your the way your woman communicate or the way your man communicate. You know to figure out to change that I don't know into I do know, right? Because that's the way to do it. You sit down and you just figure it out. You communicate, and sometimes communication doesn't have to be something that's coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. You just, just read the room or the body language. Exactly. First of all, you got to take the time out to know your woman or know your man. You just got to know them. You know, it took me just recent. I'm afraid to say how recent. You know, (laughs) it's embarrassing because it's like knowing the person that, you know, you're dealing with to know them. You have you have to know that person and knowing them and you can understand. Oh no, like they really don't know. It it takes time though, because you know, like we always say, communication is an art. Yeah, you know, you just gotta, like you said, learn that person. Once you learn that person, they'll they'll accept what you say. Yeah, and that doesn't even it's not limited to right relationships either. Friendships, friendships, everything. You just have to know the person and know how to deal with them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and stop being taking it so personal. Sometimes, like I uh, again, I always reference this book, and I always will. It's my top five. Talking to strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. 
You know, that book changed my perspective on a lot of things. And what it talks about is just being able to see certain things from different perspectives. Like, oh, that police officer pulled you over and he harassed you um, and did all that extra shit. Well, maybe it's because his father is still racism in him. Or maybe it's because he just had a lot of bad experiences with black people that he pulled over. Like the situation happened to you in what, William County? It was uh, Tullahoma. Yeah, Tullahoma, the with black female. The black female, yeah. Yeah, like she yeah. was wild. That was one, brother, really like, it took, I ain't gonna lie. It took me a while to get over that situation because, you know, I don't have white police officers harass me, honestly. Like, really harass me. I'm not talking about, like, something that I just made up in my head. I'm talking like they really harass me. I've had that. Uh, but this one hit a little different because she was she was black. Well, it was a black person, but more specifically a black woman. Like, if y'all know me, y'all know I hold a black woman to, like, a high standard, which is unfair. That's unfair to hold them to such a high standard, but I do. I was raised by a strong one. You hear me? And I hold them to such a high standard, and to see that young woman uh, treat me like that, um... I want to say a name too, because <laughs> I know her name, I know her Facebook information, all of, I know her badge number, all of that. What's up, man? You stalked her, did you? I did a little, <laughs> you know, because I just wanted to see how she was living. I'm like, wow, like what's going on? I wanted to see because you can kind of like get like a little snippet, just a little snippet of a person's personality through their social oh, media. So, yeah. and plus, it's public information. Mm-hmm. The uh, the a local office up there put all of their social media stuff up anyway. Right. So it wasn't like, I'm like, let me find this bitch. I'm a right. It was more like, <laughs> you know, all right, let me go. Cause I was actually going to file a complaint. I swear I was. And now I know that's not me. <laughs> that's the way it Exactly. You had, I had to play that game. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me go file this complaint. Cause I don't need this happening to no more young black men mm-hmm. going through there. And, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do it like that. Cause I still got just too much love for our black people, and you, you kind of figure where she was coming from when she did it. Yeah, I get it. Because listen, and, and I'll give a quick, quick little little thing of what what it was. So pretty much, um, she pulled me over, said my hair like my tail lights was out, and then went on to say that um, I look suspicious. Uh, asked me what I was doing, and for the people who don't know, is I got my own. I'm self employed. As uh, I'm basically, I do deliveries or I pick up specimen samples or, or a lot of medical stuff. And I was in the city picking something up out of a lockbox. I had my key and everything. And I showed her that I had my key. And I told her maybe I can call my dispatch. She was asking for a badge. I don't have a badge because I'm self-employed. Right. Um, everything goes through me. I use all my own equipment, everything. And she was like, well, do you have something that can prove that why you're here? And my question is, why do I have to prove that I'm here, why I'm here if only thing that was wrong was a tail light. light. It made no that made no sense to me. But again, I'm not going to be that person. I respect the badge. I'll say that. I'll say I respect the badge. Mm-hmm. I guess you know <laughs> because I understand. Like I understand the brainwashing because I'm a I'm a military person, mm-hmm. and I understand the brainwashing because I was that person at one time. You know, anytime you're in a white dominated. Um, a feel like that you you can start to uh, uh, adopt some of their ideals and some of the things that they believe is just natural, especially these people that you love and that's taking care of you and that you look up to. But nevertheless, she told me I look suspicious. I took offense to that. You know, this is just not the climate or the, not the right time 
to tell a black man that he looks suspicious. It's just not the right time. You asking for agitation. You you been because you know. So uh she ended up telling me that and she asked me to step out of the car. I'm like, okay. You know. Here we go. Here we go. I knew it was coming because I done been here before. I'm in all of that, you know. Too many times to count, I done been in that situation. Especially when I came here. I lit enough where I was doing all my dirt back home. I never got that like that that much. Maybe once at home. <laughs> like not really, but here is where I got it, where I was just coming to school, just trying to be, you know, a, a better person. Better but person. uh anyway, she uh uh told me to step out of the car or whatever and you know, they did the whole little thing of uh why you here. I'm not gonna lie, this looks suspicious. I'm like, I don't know what you want from me. I don't know what you want me to tell you. I don't know what information you're fishing for, but it's not there. And I just think this is some bullshit and it's ridiculous. I maintained my composure the whole time the best I could, but to be honest with you, I was boiling on the inside. Not because a police officer was doing that, because we expect him to do that. It was because a black police officer, a black woman, who knows what's going on right now, you know, mm-hmm. who who you see it. It's everywhere. Like, read the fucking room. Like, how... Maybe I was innocent and not doing nothing. What if I start getting angry and I'm doing this and I'm talking with my hands? You know? Mm-hmm. But it was a couple other in, uh, instances, and I want to save the full official story for when we actually had the police officers come on yeah. and just kind of give that to them. But it was some bullshit, basically, what it was. And, and it made me look at, like, a lot of stuff different. But I go on her Facebook and I see the situation that happened with um, uh, Floyd, uh, George Floyd. Um she says, uh, uh, I understand it. Oh, you can uh, tell me that. Yeah, yeah. You can go look at us. I want to give y'all a name so bad. <laughs> just, just do it off camera. <laughs> <laughs> but she did. She said, I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. No, bitch. What's she, understand, she understands why he knelt on his neck for eight minutes. For eight minutes. She said, I don't, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. I don't know if she said it in that voice. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's how she said it. Fuck yeah, it. That's right. that blue wall of silence right there. It's like. Yeah, we do. We I think we do need, we to, need say to say about it. Because now I want to, I want to yeah. get into me and, me and Chris's yeah. conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we'll we'll say it. <laughs> yeah, we'll say <laughs> that. But um, we got in. How do we even get in there? We got in there. He's talking about that. Saying. Talking about I don't. Sometimes I don't know. Is yeah, I don't know being enough. a legitimate mm-hmm. answer. Yeah. Sometimes these conversations just take you to places. But, you know. uh yeah, man. Uh, let's let's try to uh, just be more understanding, like the book says. Like understand of a person's situation. Uh, get that Malcolm Gladwell book, talking to strangers. Talking I to strangers. recommend that y'all go read that too. Just be more understanding of a person's situation because you never know what's going on with that person. Just to give you a little bit more literature too, I just uh, I finally pulled some stuff up. Uh, right. <laughs> I feel proud now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jamie from the Joe Rogan podcast. I'm on your ass. I'm on your ass. But uh, no, nah, the weight by uh, Megan Good and Devon Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it talks about minding your triggers. So when we talk about things like, um, you know, in relationships, what we were talking about earlier, um, in regards to sometimes you got to know your partner, you got to know their ins and outs, you got to know what makes them tick. You also have to know yourself. So right. in the this book has taught me a lot, and obviously mm-hmm. it, it, the weight it, it, it's self-explanatory. It's about you know them taking their time. You know, Devon Franklin, he was celibate for ten years. Uh, before he met uh, Megan Frank, Megan, 
Megan Good. Megan Good. Sorry, I was about to say Megan Franklin or Fox. He was a celibate for 10 years before they met, and then they were a celibate for another seven months before mm-hmm. they, you know, decided to get married and then have sex. And a lot of That throws off a lot of people that Megan Good was – she was a virgin through all of the, you know, the waist-deep shit, the video vixen shit. She was a virgin the whole time. She a lot was? of people don't – yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't believe that shit. I mean, you just have to read <laughs> nah, the book and I take read that myself. You have to read. You have to read the book. She said and, it. I don't believe that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you had to take that up with her. But no, it just talks about um, minding your triggers um, and just you know, it, it's taught me a lot about that. In my, it's helped me in my own relationship, knowing exactly what makes me tick and different things like that. It's helped me understand Tanisa a little bit more. So. Just to drop that little bit of literature on you. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, and we can actually really end on that note if y'all want to, man. Uh, get on up out of here. Uh, man, I hopefully hopefully we gave y'all some good information this time, man. Again, this is the Chop by T podcast, where we give real, raw, authentic barbershop conversations. No raw dog this time? No raw dog this time. <laughs> Thank y'all for supporting us, man. Till next time.